chapter 6 verse 63 Jesus said the words that I speak unto you they are spirit and they are life a warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church you are in for an uplifting time in God's word enjoy the message the other day I was wearing a black and white shirt going to work on a Friday. And somebody saw me and said, are you going for a funeral? And I said, why? They said, oh, normally we wear this on Friday because somebody is dead and you are going for Thanksgiving. And I said, can you explain that to me further? So yes, when the person is around 70, 80, he's gone home. So he can wear black and white. But if the person is below 70, we wear black and red or something. I said, oh, well, I know. But is it, where is this written? So it's just custom, it's just tradition. It's accepted. I said, but do you know that it's not every country that wears black and white? They said, I'm sure that every country will have their own tradition. Death Burial, resurrection, or what happens after death has been a subject that has engaged people all across the years. There are people who believe that when you die, you are dead, and therefore they will do whatever they can to make sure they live very well, because when they die, that's the end of it. It's finished. There is no, no resurrection at all, so it's finished. But there are some who believe that when you die, you resurrect again. And depending on what you believe, your life will be impacted by it. So do you believe that there's a death? Yes. Do you believe that there's a burial? Oh, yes. Some may die and not be buried in a normal way, but they die and they go somewhere. But do you believe that there is a resurrection? And if there's a resurrection, what happens after the resurrection? Luke chapter 20 Verse 27 to 38. Let us pray. We thank you, Lord, for your word to us. Deep words that can only come from you to us. Open our minds that we will understand. But above all, our hearts to order our lives accordingly. Because we know. We know what you are saying and your plans for us are for our good and our welfare. Thank you for speaking, correcting, healing, educating, and encouraging us to go on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Resurrection and life. In John 10, 10, we find Jesus saying, the thief, the enemy, comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And this abundant life that Jesus came to talk to us about is not only the life that is lived in this world, but in the world beyond. You see, until Jesus came, the Greeks, the Romans, and all the ancient cultures thought that when people die, they are dead. Or, at best, they will continue to live in a certain form and therefore, you see all these big pyramids and the underground things that they do, 
are for the kings, and they will kill other people to join them, to serve them. But Jesus had a different understanding that people die when they are buried like that, that is not the end. They will be resurrected. They will be raised up again. They'll be raised up with a resurrection body. And let me jump ahead of myself. They did not understand it because they had never seen it. But he, when he died, he was raised up again. And people saw him. And that is history. And that is the basis of the Christian faith, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Like I said, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Now, there's always been that discussion. But the Bible clearly teaches that there will be resurrection of everybody for the believer and the unbeliever. Many are interested in knowing what form the resurrection takes. There are very few details what form it will take, except to know that Jesus died and he rose again. And every year when we celebrate Easter, Easter Sunday, we are saying he died and he rose again. Anytime when we sing the Easter story or we act it, when we see the empty tomb, what we are saying is that Jesus died and he rose again. Anytime when you hear about new converts, when you hear about being born again, we are talking about putting your faith and trust in the resurrected Jesus. But you see, it's not everybody even in Jesus' day that believed in the resurrection. The Sadducees, which were one of the sects in the days of Jesus, did not believe in the resurrection. And they came to him to ask him a question. My brothers and sisters, you and I must understand that people have questions. And sometimes the questions people ask us, they are not asking honest questions because they want answers. They are asking difficult questions so that when you cannot answer, they'll go away and say, that's why I don't believe in God, I don't believe in the Bible, and it doesn't make sense. So there were these people who went to Jesus to ask him a question. And the question was simple. What is it that will happen after the resurrection? Because Jesus, like the, other, like the Pharisees, taught and believed in the resurrection. So they asked him, what will happen after the resurrection? And they concocted a story which probably may not have happened. So then some of the Sadducees who denied that there is a resurrection came to him and asked him. So here's this woman who married all in all seven brothers. Well, in their culture, it was permitted to have a child for your brother so that there will be somebody in the family for their brother. And that all the seven did not produce any child. I believe if it were a part of the world, by the time of the second or the third, they will all run away or they will find a way of stoning her by calling her names. She's a witch or something. But the Sadducees were able to find this story to go and ask Jesus. Now, and why did they go? Just to test him, to prove to him, or for him to prove to them that it can happen, or for them to prove to him that this is a very silly belief, it could never happen. If a woman's husband dies and she's remarried six times, which of the seven men will be her husband in heaven? That's if you go to heaven. She's going to have seven husbands over there. Their reasoning was simple. 
It cannot happen. Heaven will not happen. Resurrection will not happen. It's an absurdity. So let us eat. Let us live. Let us drink. Let us enjoy ourselves now. Because those things we are talking about will never happen. But you see, our Lord Jesus Christ was not confused by those things. Sometimes we, his disciples, are so confused when people ask us those questions. Jesus took time and reasoned and taught them about heaven, angels, marriage, husband and wife relationship, and a whole lot of things that we now understand because he asked those questions. And friend, here's one thing that you and I must take note of. When you are honest and you ask Jesus questions, he will give you an answer. Even sometimes when you are not honest, but you are just trying to even ridicule him, he has time and patience to answer you. So we Christians and believers or whatever should not be afraid to engage people. Once they are willing to come and ask questions, let us seek for answers. That is how we grow. That's why we are disciples. Even Jesus' own disciples asked him a very, some very difficult questions. Where are you going? Why don't you show us the way? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Was out of reaction the question that his disciples were asking him. But what is it? Jesus taught clearly that there will be life after death. For the Christian, it will be eternal life. Life that God gives. And God is the only one who can give that life to us. Now, what is the issue here? Some believe that when you die, if the Bible is true, that you came from clay, the human body is clay, or it's biodegradable, as they say in our big words, it will decompose. Then when a human being dies and you bury that human being, or if, they, if you don't even bury them, let's say a human being is dead. Let's take it that the person was bent to ashes. What happened to the ashes? They are thrown somewhere, or they go into the sea, the water washes them. So those ashes go into the ground. And so later on you find that a tree grows there, a plant grows there. It means those ashes are part of that grass. So the philosophers will ask, if the person is part of that tree, how are you going to get the person out of the tree? If the person's ashes, my good friend, Chinese died, and they brought the ashes, and we went to the Tamahabo and threw it into the sea. Is it in the sea? How are you going to gather it from the sea? What are you going to do to get all of these things back and resurrect that body? We are, we, you see, there are more questions than answers. So people philosophically think that, oh, this thing will never happen. But then here's Jesus Christ. said, look, you people are making a very serious mistake because you do not know God. You do not know the power of God. You do not understand spiritual things. Here's what it says. You see, you don't understand spiritual things. You have never been there. You don't know. You don't ask. And when I tell you, you will not believe it. When they are resurrected, they will be like angels. They will be with God. 
Because in heaven, there's no marriage. Wow. That should be a source of comfort for you and I. That's if you believe it. I know there are some religions that teach that people will go to heaven, and when they go to heaven, they will go and populate some island there or a planet there and give birth to children. If you read what Jesus is saying here, he said, in heaven, there's no marriage there. They will just join God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and have a good time there worshiping and fellowshipping. It's not a place for marriage. If it's not a place for marriage, this is my own opinion. If you are single in this world, or you are married and you don't have children, you don't have this and that, don't take it as if that is the end of the world. Because we are all passing through this world, and eternal world is where we are headed. Well, he said they are like the angels. They never married. They are not married, but they are with God, and they are having good time with the Father. They are praising him, and they are worshiping him, and they are content. In fact, our Lord Jesus Christ, to all intents and purposes, when he came, he never married. For the Jew, it was important to marry and become somebody known as complete. But when he came, he didn't marry. Did it mean that he was not complete? He didn't marry? He didn't have a wife? He didn't have children? For these same people who did not believe in the resurrection, they could not understand how a Messiah, how a Savior, how a normal Jew would not have wife and children. So they even interpreted. Jesus did not die. He only went into a coma, and after a coma, he resurrected. Then he went and traveled somewhere. He married, and he had children over and over and over again. Because as far as they are concerned, having a family is the most important thing that can happen in the world. But in this encounter between Jesus and these Sadducees, he's telling them, no, marriage is for people here on earth. It's here on earth. And even on earth here, it's not for everybody. Then he goes on to say, but in the age to come, those worthy of being raised from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. This is categorical. Jesus is stating it. So you have never been there, I've never been there, but the one who has been there and has come back here is telling us. He went back here, he said, it will never happen. It doesn't happen. And they will never again die. In this respect, they will be like angels. They are like children of God and children of the resurrection. Wow, that's what he's teaching us here. What is he telling you? That there are more important things that we should know and do in this world, which includes knowing the will of God for your life. Knowing the will of God that he sent you here with an agenda. What is his will for you? That you should serve him, you should honor him, you should adore him. If he has given you gifts and talents, you should use it to his glory and praise because he is the one who has sent you here. He's the one who is coming for you again. If he has sent you to do his work for him, a time may come when it is his will. He will give you a wife or he will give you a, a husband. He will give you whatever he wants to give you. When he gives you, take it and be responsible for taking care of this wife and children. It is a responsibility he has given you. But if he has not given you, serve him anyway. Because he knows who you are. He knows what you can take. He knows the gift that he has given you. Recently, as we look at the population of the world, we have seen that they say there are more women than men. Well, statistically, it may mean that there are some women 
who may never get a husband, or there are some husbands who may never get a wife, depending on the population mix that we have. When there were wars and men used to go to wars, men died and the women were left alone. Nowadays, when some countries had a policy that one child should be born, that culture decided that only boys were human beings and the girls were aborted. So now they have more men than women. What will you do in that culture? Some have therefore given up. Some who do not believe in the resurrection or who have no purpose or who, have, who do not understand God's plan for their lives get themselves into all kinds of things. Some of the things we hear on radio and see on TV these days about the confusion about sex, identity, sexuality are all about what do we do with our bodies. We want to be satisfied. We want to please ourselves. We want to express our sexuality in ways that we show that, yes, we are there. We've got it. We, we can express it and do whatever I want to do. Well, it is only in this world. So marriage is for people here on earth. And on earth, people have been able sometimes to abuse any institution, any good thing that God can give them, people are able to abuse it. But Jesus is saying, no, in heaven, it will not and can never be like that. Marriage is for people here on earth, but in the age to come, those worthy of being raised from the dead will neither marry nor are given in marriage. Two examples about resurrection. We're at the beach, and we saw this shoemaker. You know, when they are passing, you hear them hitting their box. Kum, 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 kum. This shoemaker tripped and fell. And what do you think happened? Everything scattered, including the nails. The nails, those small, small nails. What did he do? He just took a magnet across the sand, and you see the particles, the little nails gathering around the magnet. Just collect it. That's all. He had finished collecting it. He knew where to get the nails from because he understood magnetism. But another time, he went to a big junkyard where they were crashing cars, crashing them to remake them in this junkyard. They would crash them and crash them and crash them. And they were only looking for the metal parts to reform. After crashing all of these things, putting them in a the pool, then they will take another machine, I think it may have had a big magnet, and go around this uh, conveyor belt where the metals are, and to come out at the end having picked all that needs to be picked, and every part was separated into its composite parts. I was standing there looking, glass to glass, plastic to plastic, ion to ion. I said, wow, if human beings can think about this and do this and recycle, what about God who made you? In the book of Revelation, we are told that the sea will give up its dead. So what is your problem? You see, sometimes the reason why people say they don't believe in the resurrection is that their life is such that they may not have anything to offer. They have lived such lives that they are afraid of punishment. They are afraid that they will be condemned. But you don't need to be afraid of being condemned. The reason why Jesus came into this life 
is to ensure that everybody who is made in the image of God will receive Christ as Lord and Savior and live in this world and live for him. We are to live for him. We are to be the best that God wants us to be. Parents love their children. No matter how bad that child is, the parent wants the best for the child. And God loves the best. God wants the best for his children. You know, John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that everlasting life comes because you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior. Why do you get all this idea about resurrection? From the beginning of time, when God made Adam and Eve, he made them so that they can live with him, live with him forever. But you see, God did not make human beings as machines. He made them as human beings in his image. They can think, they can express themselves, they have a choice to do the right or the wrong. And when they were tempted, what did they do? Eve fell, and later on, Adam also fell. But when Christ came, the Bible clearly tells us in the book of Romans that Christ came as the second Adam. He came to redeem us from the curse of the law. He came to show us what a human being can be like, a human being who is determined to come and live and obey God. We obeyed God in the flesh. Wherever he went, the little children sing that song, wherever he went, he was doing good. He healed the lepers. He healed the crippled. His teaching showed the kind of wisdom that he had. Even those who did not believe in him, when they saw him behave in a certain way, they had to take note of Christ, his love, his forgiveness. The one who even up to the time of being on the cross, when they were nailing him, could shout and cry, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. But you see, two last points about the resurrection. How do I know the resurrection is true? The first one comes from the life of those who followed Jesus closely. The disciples. If you read anything about those disciples, these were practical men and women. When Jesus was teaching them about the resurrection, if Peter were there, we are not told in this account, if Peter were there in Luke chapter 20 when Jesus was teaching them those things, he heard it, but he probably didn't understand it. He didn't get it. Peter was married, so he heard it, and he knew, oh, my master is telling me now in heaven there will be no marriage. Okay, that's what he's saying. Peter followed Jesus and said, Jesus, I will die with you. I will die with you. Well, when eventually Jesus Christ entered the judgment room, the courtroom, when he was being tried, a little girl went to ask Peter, do you know this man? He said, me, I don't know him. They asked him again, do you know him? He said, no, I don't know him. Third time, he asked him, do you know this man? He was about to curse the girl. I don't know this man. Why? The Lord turned and looked at him. And Peter remembered what the Lord had told him. When he opened his mouth and said, Lord, if everybody denies you, I would not deny you. And Jesus said, the cock will not crow 
until you have denied me three times. When he denied him the third time, Jesus turned and looked at him. And Peter wept because he knew he had blown it. That is before Jesus was crucified. But after the death and the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, this Peter in Acts chapter 2 can stand in front of people and be preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus Christ. That you, this rulers, you conspired and you killed him and you killed him and you killed him. This Peter and John were preaching the gospel and they took them and they whipped them and said, don't preach in the name of Jesus again. Say, judge for yourself. Who should we obey? You or our God? We cannot do anything apart from preaching in the name of Jesus. What was the difference? The difference is that they had seen the resurrected Jesus. He had empowered them. He had given them the power of the Holy Spirit, and they knew they would never die again. Today, today, as they say in Ghanaian English, today, 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 if you go to Rome, outside the gates of Rome, there's a church there built to honor Peter. What's the church about? Peter continued preaching with power and conviction until the time came when he said, no, if you will not stop spreading this thing, if you will not stop saying that Caesar is not Lord, Jesus is the Lord, we'll kill you. We'll kill you like your master, Jesus. We'll kill you. We'll crucify you. So you can crucify me. The only thing I ask of you is don't, don't crucify me like him. Crucify me upside down. And so he was crucified upside down. There's a church to that. Even Thomas, the doubting Thomas, as we call him, made his way all the way to India. And there are churches in India today that are named after St. Thomas. The one who said, unless I see him, unless I touch him, unless I feel him, I'll not believe in him. When Jesus appeared before him, and he knelt down, my Lord and my God. Said, Do you not believe because you see me? What well, the reason why Jesus appeared to them was to prove to them that yes, he has resurrected. As the Father has sent me, so sent are you. And even Thomas. So we are told all these disciples, all these practical fishermen who followed him, all of them were killed. Only John, the one who wrote the book of Revelation, seemed to have died a natural death. What I'm telling you is this. These people were not stupid. They were not foolish. He died because they knew the resurrection was true. And they knew that they would be resurrected again. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Jesus, yet I live. And the life that I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. The power of the resurrection. Faith and hope and confidence in this resurrected God. The second witness, it is because of this belief that people have sacrificed their time, their energy, their money, they have crossed seas, islands, they've been eaten by animals and all, and spread the gospel. And you and I are here today listening. The time has come. The baton is being passed on to you. If you believe in the resurrection, then let the resurrected Lord empower you to take the news to wherever it ought to go. Don't spend your resources just on yourself. Yes, take some, 
But give to your church, give to others, pray for them, heal the sick, touch the blind, do whatever you can in the name of Jesus. And I tell you, when he comes, you will see. But that is where the hope takes you. That because you are going to live and live with him forever, you will not be bored in the life of resurrection. You'll be joining the angels to be praising him, praising him morning, afternoon, evening. Say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, you are great. Lord, you deserve worship. Let that be your story and your lifestyle. Jesus bless you now and always. Amen. You just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church, headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Bay. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us on Sunny FM every Saturday from 8 to 8.30 p.m. for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locate us right opposite the Mr. Biggs restaurant in Adabraka near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. As well, we're in Shiashi across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In Oibi, we're near the Cares Valley Event Center at the Goyal Filling Station. Our Amasamine campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamine Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano, opposite the Botiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via CalvaryBaptistGhana at yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024-369-0485 or 0302-231-854 or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200-181680. God bless you.